This is Dr. Ward Bond's Life-Changing Wellness. Life-Changing Wellness. Here's Dr. Ward Bond. I'm Dr. Ward Bond, and I welcome you to Life-Changing Wellness, episode number 97. This episode of Life-Changing Wellness is brought to you by Kyolic, the makers of aged garlic extract quality supplements that are backed by science for heart health, immune support, and more. And I have personally taken their fine products for more than 25 years, and you should too. So check them out at kyolic.com or find them at your favorite natural health store. Now, before we begin, let's please head over to iTunes after the interview with my guest today. Rate and review the show for me, and I thank you ahead of time for making our show great. And I encourage you to look up my show page on RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. Well, my guest today is Amanda Fredrickson, a professional cook, food stylist, and an author of The Staub Cookbook and the brand new Simple Beautiful Food. She attended San Francisco Cooking School and after working at one of San Francisco's Michelin-starred restaurants, SPQR, landed in the Williams-Sonoma Test Kitchen where she developed recipes, tested products, and co-wrote 11 Williams-Sonoma Test Kitchen cookbooks. So let's welcome our guest today, Amanda Fredrickson. Thank you so much for coming. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I want to kind of kick this off because uh, you are very well known for your fridge foraging series. Can you talk a little bit about that and what it's all about? Sure. So I started fridge foraging a couple of years ago, I guess, I guess almost three years ago, as a way to just empower people to cook with what they have. Um, I was kind of getting feedback from a lot of friends that they were going into their kitchens at night ready to make dinner and they had absolutely no idea what to make and they thought their fridge was completely empty. So I started this fridge foraging just as a way to empower them um, and to encourage them to cook with what they have. And in that, you're saving money and you're also saving food waste. And you learn quite a bit of that actually from uh, recipe creation. So learning recipe creation just kind of expanded your knowledge of being a, a chef by just opening up the refrigerator door and knowing that uh, you could use a few ingredients and in foods and create a meal, correct? Yeah, and I think it's, um, I kind of almost think of it as like a muscle that you need to work out. If you go into the fridge, the first time may be a little difficult to just kind of make something up, but the more you do it, the easier it is. You And you learn kind of techniques and things that go together. And I really just encourage people to get in there and try and make it a competition with your family. Just have fun. Um, and know that you'll kind of create something new and original from whatever you have in your fridge. And there is no wrong recipe. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. Well, let me ask you this because, you know, as, um, you know, people have been doing the whole stay at home quarantine life thing. And, and we know that, you know, that may continue in some form or fashion. And a lot of people are learning that uh, they're they're creating meals on their own now. And all the restaurants are closed, and that may be limited to uh, many of us here in the future. Uh, have you seen a great increase uh, for people wanting to tap into your knowledge about more of this fridge forging and looking into their pantry and trying to figure out what can I learn to make? Definitely. I mean, 100%. I think people are just looking for inspiration. I think a great way to find it these days is on social media just to see what other people are making, just to kind of get. Um, some ideas. I also, right when COVID kind of started to happen, um, you know, I'm not in the healthcare, I'm not working on the front lines, but I wanted to help in some capacity. And so I just sent out a message saying anyone that's looking into their fridge that needs a little help um, figuring out what to make, just send me either a picture or a list of what you have and I'll help you brainstorm. 
and that offer still stands to anyone. I'm always happy to help brainstorm some new recipe ideas with what you've got um, in your in your pantry in your fridge. Well, you also include uh, what you call choose your own adventure recipes in your brand new book, Simple Beautiful Food. What are those? So um, these were actually inspired by fridge foraging. They're just some basic ingredients that I love to have in my fridge and pantry that I can kind of always throw together. And we um, base those choose your own adventure sections of the book around those kind of old school kids, almost mazes that I grew up with, where you would start with one thing and kind of make your own um, adventure. And so we use things like chicken thighs and bread and pie dough um, to just really encourage people to make up their own recipes while giving them a guideline of how to do it. Wow, that's really cool. Um, you know, well, let me ask you this. If someone is going to the grocery store, let's say they're going today, what are some of the things that uh, they should always keep on hand that they could uh, use to create an instant meal? Yeah, and I think a lot of people are seeing kind of the same things around, um, which I would recommend. They're obviously like canned tomatoes, dried grains like a rice or a pasta. Um, I also love having citrus around. Um, since citrus has a thicker peel, it tends to last longer on the countertop. Um, and a little lemon zest or even lime zest will kind of brighten anything that you're making. I also love to have like a hearty loaf of bread around that I can make you know, croutons with, I can make breadcrumbs with, or I can make it into more of a meal with like a strata or um, a bread pudding. And then I also love to have some sort of stock in the pantry, whether it's vegetable stock or chicken stock. That's a basis for a lot of different dishes, not just soups and, and stews. And then onions are super important to have around. Um, onions and garlic are used just about in every single recipe. So having those stocked um, is super important. Well, what Now, do you think, um, I mean, I know spices are important because I know a lot of people like to go low salt, but at the same time, improving the flavor of their food, are there particular spices that are go-to for you? Yes, I love, there's a couple definitely go-tos, but smoked paprika is a great way to add that kind of like smoky barbecue without actually having to do any barbecuing. Um, <laughs> I also love cumin. I love just regular flaky sea salt. I think uh, making sure that you salt with like a really nice finishing salt is a really way to kind of amp up um, different recipes. And I would just encourage people to look in their spice drawer right now. If they're anything like me, I have a bunch of random different spices from, you know, years ago that I've been keeping just to kind of get creative. Use something that you may not have used in a couple of years as a way to spice up maybe like say rice or grains that you've been eating over and over. Well, what are your favorite grains that, um, that you like to use that uh, you encourage other people to, uh, you know, either try or to create new dishes with? Yeah. So I'm a huge fan um, of jasmine rice. I just love the flavor um, of the actual jasmine rice. And then I am a huge fan of quinoa too. And a great way to kind of amp both of those up is to use coconut milk as the base, just a can of coconut milk in place of the water. Um, it just adds almost like an exotic, interesting texture that I love. And I, I, that's kind of what I always eat. I always have a pot of that on hand. Wow. That actually sounds healthier by using the, uh, the coconut milk. I like and that. It certainly gonna... tastes delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to try that one. Now in your oh, brand good. new book, yeah. In your new book, simple, beautiful food, you talk about food being beautiful. Why do you think this is key? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, we all eat with our eyes. I think that's the first thing we look at when we're eating. Um, the first thing we do when we're eating, we look at the dish and kind of how it's plated or how it's presented. Um, and the idea behind Simple Beautiful Food kind of started because 
I was looking around the food landscape, the food media, and there were all these amazingly beautiful pictures of food. Um, but when you went to make it, the flavor wasn't quite there or it was lacking. The main, the main thing that the recipe developer worked on was making it beautiful. And so um, I wanted the food that I kind of created in this book to not only be delicious, but also beautiful at the same time. Yeah. Now you're also a food stylist. Exactly. What is that? Sure. So I um, work on different cookbooks and different um, media projects and basically make sure the food looks correct, correct according to the recipe and looks edible and delicious and something that you'd want to make yourself. So was that background extremely helpful when you wrote uh, Simple Beautiful Food? Yeah, it definitely was, as well as my time in the Williams-Sonoma Test Kitchen. Um, What I did there was I wrote all the recipes for the catalog. And when I was writing the recipes, I had to write it for how it would look in whatever we were um, trying to sell. And so thinking about food from that perspective and making sure it looks good as well as tastes good is just a super important thing to me, and it's a super important tool um, to just think about. Well, what are the, some of the foods that, uh, for everyone listening, that as they, you know, follow a recipe at home, um, what can they do to kind of spice up the visual effect of food? You know, a lot of people, you know, food to them is just going to be brown. It'll be drab. There's not going to be a whole lot of color. What are some of those things that you like to use to spice up just the visual effect? Because, you know, if the dish looks good, most people are going to be apt to try it and actually enjoy it more. And I totally agree. I think fresh herbs are a super simple way to go. Um, and when I, th- and I think about fresh herbs, I think thyme and rosemary, the heartier ones work. But I really love the emphasis on soft herbs, things like parsley, cilantro, mint, basil. If you put that on top of any dish, it's guaranteed to not only make it beautiful, but also um, want you to eat it, that kind of freshness and the smells of it. Yeah, and I guess with, uh, you know, these these herbs that, you know, you know it's kind of like going into a restaurant. And I, I remember this many years ago where they would put parsley on the side of a dish and no one would touch it. It was basically there for decoration. Right. But it's more than decoration. It's actually a healthy food that we should be eating along with the dish, correct? I totally agree. And it also provides a ton of flavor. I don't think these soft herbs, should be just used as garnish. I think I love making a big salad and I put in any kind of fresh herb I have actually into the salad, almost like a salad green. Um, and it's going to just amplify the flavors and you're going to just appreciate it a lot more um, rather than it's just on the side. Wow. I like that because a lot of the ones that you named are extremely tasty. And for those of you listening who have never tried things like rosemary and thyme and oregano and cilantro you're missing out so you need to be adding those to your food and definitely check out her book simple beautiful food well let me ask you this amanda uh what vegetable do you think actually gets a bad rap in in our kitchen and maybe completely misunderstood so i think i think cabbage i think Everyone doesn't know what to do with cabbage. Everyone gets bored of cabbage. Um, (laughs) I think it's a super adaptable vegetable. It not only lasts forever in your crisper. I think I've had mine in there for, I think, two weeks now. Um, It's just because it's so hearty and thick. Um, You can braise it. You can make a salad from it. You can do just about anything with it. Um, But people kind of tend to think that it's a boring old vegetable. But I really encourage people to try um, cabbage and look up some really great recipes as well. So we can go beyond making coleslaw we can go beyond making sauerkraut with cabbage what are some of the ways that you actually use cabbage to make it uh, let's say tasty and uh, inviting 
Yeah, so I love um, braising it, kind of slow roasting it in the oven with a little stock um, and some different herbs. And I think it just brings out the flavor and it's super um, kind of like delicious and hearty and soft. If you, if you do that, you can serve it alongside some sausages, like chicken sausage is a really great one to serve that alongside. Um, and I also love putting cabbage just in my soups here and there. You can throw them in there just as another way to amplify um hardiness. Yeah, you know, ladies and gentlemen, one thing about cabbage, um, it is probably one of the best gut health foods there is. So um, again, you know, I believe, Amanda, your book is coming in at the right time, you know, not uh, not knowing that we were all going to be um, locked up in our <laughs> homes for a while. Yeah. But uh, I'm thinking that a lot of people are probably watching the Food Network um, uh-huh. maybe pulling out old cookbooks or trying to order new ones on Amazon and downloading them into their Kindle. But I, I, you know, I think the plus side to this situation is that more people are learning how to cook. Maybe some of them got forced into it. Some of them already knew how, but, you know, now I think it may be creating uh, more creativity in the kitchen and then learning how to use what's on hand to make uh, better meals f- for themselves and their whole family. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think when I wrote this cookbook, it wasn't, I never envisioned we would be where we are today, um, unfortunately. But I think it's also encouraging people to cook for themselves. And I think if you are just cooking at home, you're halfway halfway there to kind of having a better health. I love eating out and I honestly miss restaurants, but home cooking um, I think is a great way to just control what you're eating and kind of seeing what you're putting in ingredient wise um, and just kind of be creative as well. Yeah. You know, we've even seen that here in our own home. And, and I also noticed too that, uh, you know, it really just brings the whole family together. And, you know, we, we ended up uh, with a society that had no clue what it's like to sit down with the whole family at 6 p.m. for dinner and I'm thinking a lot of people have just um, discovered that recently. Yeah. And I think that's something that's super important in my family. Um, I have two little ones, a three and a half month old and a two year old. So dinner time is just chaotic in general. But <laughs> regardless, we sit down together and we try, even though it kind of only we can sit together probably for 10 minutes. But we do try and just sit there without any devices, any phones, any kind of TV on and just be with each other. I think that's a super important just to kind of bring it in at the end of the day. Yeah, I do too. Now, with your book, Simple Beautiful Food, what are some of the uh, chapters uh, the readers are going to expect in that book? Yeah, so we go through um, the basic things like, you know, breakfast, brunches. There's some really great snacks in the book as well, um, like some cashews, spicy cashews that I made and um, different kind of like I roast, slow roasted some chickpeas. But I also include some weeknight meals, which I think is important as we try and kind of navigate what to cook at night these days, as well as Sunday suppers. Kind of those recipes just take a little longer um, and more geared towards like a Sunday or Saturday night. And then one of my favorite chapters is called Flavor Gold. And they're just different kind of condiments and spreads and almost like sprinkles that you can put on food to make it taste even more delicious. Wow. And uh, all right, you mentioned... So you have a section in your book on brunches. Um, you know, we think of brunches, you know, going out to eat. But what what are some of the dishes 
uh, for brunch that uh, we could actually make at home. Yeah, I, I mean, if you're hopefully we'll be able to entertain soon one of these days. But brunch <laughs> is one of my favorite ways to have kind of family over or people over um, and feed them just because it's during the day. Everyone can kind of come for a couple hours and then and then head home with their kids. Um, but there's a really great frittata in there. I think everyone loves a frittata. There's a, um, which is perfect for this time of year, there is a rhubarb cake, which is delicious that you make in a cast iron skillet. Um, there's just a bunch of different recipes that just encourage you to celebrate kind of middle of the day brunching. Wow. You know, I, I always like brunch. I've always leaned more towards the breakfast side of of brunch. But, uh, you know, I, I can't wait to, to really dive in to your book to check out those recipes because, you know, we, we, we do a lot of cooking at home. And oh, uh, so we always, yeah, so we like to check out, you know, the different recipes, uh, ways to prepare uh, different types of food using different types of ingredients. And, you know, to me, you know, people look, looked at the kitchen as being a chore. And I think now it's becoming a place to be creative. And, you mm-hmm. know, we, we, live in a, we live in a society to where it's heavy, heavy social media. And I think the plus side of that is that a lot of people are now able to show their creative side. And a lot of people are able to show more of that creative side now in the kitchen by, well, as, as what you have stated of learning how to use what we have on hand and making something uh, extremely tasty and at the same time, uh, you know, healthy. And um, I know that uh, you have a ton of favorite uh, ingredients, um, but what are some of your absolute favorites along with uh, and I think you probably already mentioned this, you know, the, the pantry staples that we should have at home. But, uh, you know, being this show is very uh, wellness oriented. In your mind, what is the healthiest meal you can create? So from the book, I think there's a couple of them. Um, there's a really great risotto that you cook alongside, you know, with some stock, but you cook the, there's Brussels sprouts in the risotto that just cook alongside of it. So it's a great way to add in um, some more veggies to your diet. There's a whole chapter just based on um, salads, different ways to eat salads. I love adding fruit into my salads as a way to kind of get that sweet and savory aspect, which I think people um, will bring will keep people coming back for more. And then the healthiest dish I cook right now, I think it's um, the stew. I call it the New Year's noodle soup, just because I tend to make it every New Year's um, day. But it has <laughs> lentils and it has rice noodles, and it the base is turmeric and cumin seed and it's just delicious and you top it with some dill and maybe just a a little dollop of greek yogurt and it's totally delicious oh wow i love greek yogurt my gosh you know you can (laughs) actually you know i like the fact that you could take greek plain greek yogurt and replace sour cream with it Uh uh-huh Yep, completely interchangeable. Yeah, completely interchangeable. And the funny thing is, is most people have no clue on the taste. They they think yeah. they're actually eating sour. If you tell them it's sour cream, that's what their brain's going to tell them, and that's what their taste buds are going to tell them. And that's what I love about that. Yeah. Now, what is your um, what is what are some of your favorite desserts to prepare? So there's in the in the cookbook there is a really great chocolate cake that I make for everyone's um, birthday that I love, and then just every day desserts I love to keep cookies in the freezer so I'll go ahead and make the cookie dough and then scoop it out 
and then keep the kind of individual cookie balls, so to speak, in the freezer. And then whenever someone wants like a sweet treat or if we have company over, you can just throw them into the oven and have like freshly baked chocolate chip cookies. Wow. See, you just named my top two favorites. That's, you know, I put chocolate chip cookies at the top of my dessert list and then chocolate cake is the second. And I know, uh, there's, there's two good ones. <laughs> yeah, because there's so many different ways that you can change the recipe. You can make it for the cookie. It could be completely crispy. It could be crispy and chewy mm-hmm. or it could be chewy. And But you know, we got into discussion the other day about cookie cookie dough, and let me ask you, because so you're the professional here, um, you said you put your dough in the freezer. Now, when you take it out, do you let it thaw out to room temperature before you put it in the oven, or do you put it in there maybe when it's still cold? So I put it um, completely frozen into the oven. It'll add on like a minute or two of cook time, but you can throw them in there completely frozen, and they'll cook perfectly. Or they're baked perfectly. Wow. So you add about a minute or two time extra. So in other words, you basically just kind of, once you get to that regular time, you just kind of watch it thereafter? Yep. Until you're kind of desired doneness. Because everyone's very particular about, are they like their cookies golden brown or like half, you know, raw in the middle. So I think just add another minute or two to the end um, and you'll find your sweet spot. I am one of those people who will not eat raw cookie dough. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I'm like, that is made for cooking. Stop wasting it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my family likes, you know, they, they like taking a little piece of the of the raw dough. And I'm looking at them like, you know, you just took away one of those cookies that I know I could have been eating. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, stop doing that. But I also yeah. want to ask you, I want to ask you a pasta question because, um, we get into discussion because we've seen different chefs do different things with pasta. So let's say you're making a simple, simple pasta dish and and you have either you've made either a marinara or you may maybe made a, a bolognese. Do you mm-hmm. mix them together or do you prepare it as putting the pasta on the plate and then adding the sauce on top? So I mix it together because I like to have everything coated. Um, because I think pasta at the end of the day is just a vehicle for whatever sauce you're using. So you want to make sure that that's fully coated with that like delicious flavorful sauce. Oh, okay. So you would actually just mix them completely together in one big pot after you've cooked them separately. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Okay. And I mean, it, it makes sense because I've seen, you know, I've seen people do it that, I mean, we've done it that way. We've done it the other way. I've just, we're always kind of curious on trying to learn which is the better way uh, to do that. So, uh, yeah, I kind of agree with that mixing them together. So, and I think it's personal preference too. I think so much of cooking is experimenting and figuring out what you like and what you don't like. Uh, and that's the fun of it, right? If you, yeah. you'll kind of learn as you go and just kind of broaden your um, experience. I love that. I love that. Now, where can all of my listeners learn more about you and also to, purchase your cookbooks oh yeah so my website has everything on it amandafredrickson.com and you can also purchase um the cookbook on amazon barnes and nobles or even at your local bookstore i know we're all sheltering in place these days but if you call your bookstore um you can call ahead i know mine does in town in nashville um and they will just run out the book to you so you can have it wow that's awesome and i am a big nashville fan i used to film in nashville for like three years i love that town oh my gosh oh, cool. one of my, it's great yeah it's 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 a great town and i know there's a lot of uh, great uh, cool places to eat 
And uh, but I, from what I've heard already, that town has been growing like crazy. It has. We've only been here a couple of years, um, but it has grown a lot even since we've been here, which is exciting to see. Wow. Well, Amanda, thank you so much for your time today. And ladies and gentlemen, check out AmandaFrederickson.com. Check out her brand new cookbook, The Simple Beautiful Food. That's the way our food should be. It should be simple. It should be beautiful. And of course, it should be tasty. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, remember to catch every episode of Life Changing Wellness. Just hit subscribe on iTunes or on my show page at RadioMD.com slash Dr. Bond. And if I can ask you a favor, please take 30 seconds, rate the show on iTunes. And I want to thank you for doing that for me as we want to bring you the best show possible. And now you can download our show also on Spotify. So just look up Dr. Bond's Life Changing Wellness. You can learn more about me at drwardbond.com. So thank you for listening to Life Changing Wellness. And remember, something spectacular happens when you treat your body right. Have a blessed day, everyone.